Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Dude, is it just me or do you hate Shakira? I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> like the artist Shakira? Yeah. I hate the way she's very talented. I hate the way she sings. Like that? When your hips don't lie. She sounds like a fucking Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> it came on the radio at work the other day. And I was like, oh my God, I, I hate it so bad. Like I, she's obviously very talented. Sure. But I hear it and it just bugs me. Well, would it make you feel better if you found out that she's being investigated for tax evasion? Is she really? (laughs) In like Spain or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, like they were saying she might actually do jail time. I mean, if it's anything like Wesley Snipes, they're going to make an example out of her. She'll end up somebody's prison wife. She's going to end up doing uh, dollar bin movies to get out of it, just like Wesley and Nick Cage are. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not too big of a fan of Shakira. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel very strongly in either direction, though. What if she and Cher did a duet together? Oh, man. Could you tell who's who? Ugh, no. That sounds awful, though. (laughs) Micah, I don't know if I remember ever telling you this before, but you love Volbeat. I love Volbeat. I know. Every time my wife hears Volbeat, she thinks that the lead singer is Cher. <laughs> I would listen to Cher doing a Volbeat is, cover. Is that, is that a that. compliment to Cher or to the Volbeat guy? I don't think it's negative either way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. What song should Cher sing? Oh, I'm on tears. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, singing the song about the 1920s stripper. That's the one that Cher should sing. Uh, or The Devil's Bleeding Crown about the yeah, the rise of the Antichrist. You know, you said The Devil's Bleeding Crown, and like my, my brain filled in the blank before you finished that sentence. I don't know that song. Yeah. But I thought you were going to say The Devil's Bleeding Crack. <laughs> <laughs> that classic. <laughs> that that sounds like a fun bleeding crack. That sounds like a fun song. I would probably like the song more, to be honest with you. That's one of my not so favorite songs there. Get a bidet, Satan. Jeez. Stop. <laughs> have you used a bidet? Yeah, I have one. I you do, really? Are they I, awesome? I have not wiped dry in like two years. What? Yeah. It's the best game changer absolutely let me here's the the only thing you need to know to change your mind okay well first of all i'll tell you it's it's wonderful it feels like a thousand cherubs just going just blowing (laughs) just uh, making a fountain right into your right into your nethers yeah here's the only thing you need to hear though if you got poop on your hands would you simply wipe it off with a paper towel and say my hands are clean 
All right, that's a valid argument. I can see that. Bolton, what about you? Have I'm, you? Uh, I'm never going to think of wiping the same way ever again. Yeah, have you bodayed? No, I haven't. Some of our so. Our, our best friends that we go over to frequently, they have one, and I have not been brave enough to try one yet, but now I, I feel like the next time I visit them, I'm just going to be like, hey, guys, I'm going to you know is, disappear for a little bit. Yeah. It is kind of weird to use somebody else's, but even genuinely, like, if I'm not home, I'm doing an Alabama wet wipe. I'm not going full on. I'm not going, like, I won't just put dry toilet. I got a clean asshole, my friends. I, <laughs> that much I can assure you. Oh, can, what is an Alabama wet wipe? What is that? Well, once you're done wiping, okay. you get the majority of the mess up. Okay. And then you just take a little piece and you just spit in it. <laughs> and just just to polish. Just to polish. That's not where I thought that was going at all. <laughs> just to polish. Or like if you're in a if you're in like a small restroom where the like there's a sink right next to the toilet. You can just use water. Yeah. But like if you're in like a public restroom, it's like I'm not walking out of the stall with my pants around my ankles or pulling my pants up to get you know what sure, I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You just do what you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a just a polish. Wasn't expecting <laughs> that at all. I was expecting like, oh, I just carry wet wipes in my pocket and I just give it a, a good once over, but not no, that. I'm no, I'm a dirt bag. I'm not that classy. <laughs> a dirt bag with a really clean a asshole. Bag, but I promise you you could eat off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do man. you think that they had bidets in colonial America? Uh, probably not. I don't think they'd have the technology for it, right? I mean, I mean, they were still dumping crap outside at that point. No, most likely, I assume they probably just like jumped in a river once every two months, and that's how they bathed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. It's, it can't be that far off. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. That was when they would just like pour water into a wooden barrel and sit in it for a bit, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like a family affair. Like they would, because you have to imagine how much damn water is it for a bath? Yeah. That's, that's a big task <clears throat> when likely at that point in time, they're like just hauling around buckets of water. I wonder how much the private bathroom contributed to the whole allure and mysteriousness of nudity and like kind of removing that from a public thing because they would have hmm. bathhouses, right yeah and you would bathe in public like like you were saying we don't do that anymore you don't see a bathhouse at the gym well i would say i think a lot of it is more so just like puritans you think it was the puritans yeah that, that's who I, that's who i'm gonna blame it on okay that's Fucking fair. Dorks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay. why. That's why they came over here. Because England was like, "You guys are too much." Like we get it. <laughs> we like Jesus. We're all about God too. But you're a bit much. <laughs> take that. <laughs> take can... that shit somewhere else. <laughs> can you take guys it across are, the ocean. You please. guys are bringing down the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to wear your buckle hats. Dude, I was just going to say, we don't want to wear your buckle hats. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. <sighs> okay. Do we, are we ready to? Yeah, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think we're good. This was very topical for what we're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, this leads in nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about last yeah, let's do it.
Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. He gets knocked down, but he gets up again. You're never going to keep him down. It's Micah. That's right. Micah Chumbawamba. We were that's, talking to, <laughs> that's my last name. We were talking about tubs, and I'm like, what's better than tub thumping? <laughs> what a stupid name for a song. I, and a band. And a band, yeah. And what a stupid picture for an album. That stupid baby with like the giant smiley face teeth. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. That was a that was a gross one. I do. Hey, Micah. Hmm. We have a guest here today. We do. We do. Uh, we're joined with our very close friend, uh, Zach Bolton, a.k.a. IMDZ, a.k.a. Guy Fieri, the uh, talented lookalike, a.k.a. Humble Big, Rumble. A.k.a. <laughs> Big Sweet Honey Bear. <laughs> I just made that one up. But Thank you, Thor Good Food Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So today I texted... In our group, we were talking about getting together today, and Zach was like, does anybody want food? Mike says no, and I go, in my brain, what I texted was, I'm also good on food. Thanks, though. But what I texted was, I'm also good food. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, lore, now it's there. Thor is good food. Good food. (laughs) With a clean asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my. So we are jumping into part two of the epic saga uh the violent vitriolic fight that is the godfather versus last of the mohicans in my brain both of them are in uh, they're just duking it out for part one and or spot one and spot two of best movies of all time uh we talked about godfather now we're going to talk about last of the mohicans uh and bolton has been a very close friend of mine we've talked in depth about both of those movies actually quite a bit so I wanted to bring him in and join in the conversation. Before we get into Last of the Mohicans, though, Bolton, do you have any like any overviewing thoughts of Godfather? Like, where do you stand on that movie? So I was always told growing up that I'm a bad Italian because I don't think the Godfather is as cracked up as it is to be. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dude, worth. That sounds like blasphemy coming from an Italian. <laughs> and I guess that's the Irish in me talking. So maybe, but like, like I think it's good. But I think part two is substantially better yeah. than part one. I like part one to me. Like it's a movie. It's on amc every year at thanksgiving for absolutely no reason what a weird thanksgiving film it really is like rocky and godfather are on amc every year at thanksgiving for absolutely no reason what a a strange movie to you wouldn't even i wouldn't even want to watch the godfather on tv oh no it probably takes Uh, forever oh i'm sure it's probably long easily i think those two movies are perfect for amc because who's sitting around watching amc on thanksgiving old white guys and what do old white guys love the godfather and rocky uh, i would have said westerns but sure well that's old old old, old that's white old guys. old that's not old that's old. okay yeah like old white guys that are my dad's age yeah there you go so so bolton you said that you preferred godfather 2 thor and i were talking about that last episode that there is this kind of like some people like the first one some people like the second one more i'm in the former what is it about the second one that you care or that you, makes you like that one more? 
I just feel like everything about that one is done better. I feel like Pacino is better than that one. I feel like the insertion of De Niro uh, in the flashback scenes mm. is a lot better than old Brando that we get in the first one. Okay. Um, I just overall, I think it's just a well, a much better made movie than than the, the, than first, the first one. one. Not, I mean, not saying that you know I'm gonna spit on the original Godfather no. or anything, but yeah, I I don't think that it is the chart topper that everybody always makes it out to be when they're listing like greatest movies ever or anything like that. Referring to the first Godfather movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you talk to any cinemaphile, they're going to say, if you ask them two sequels that are better than the original, people are going to say Godfather part two, and they're going to say the empire strikes back. You're not going to put T2 in there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, dude. That was like my favorite movie. That's the first movie I ever truly loved. It was T2. Dude, it's so good. Terminator two. I would agree is better than the original. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, three. Is there any others, though? I don't... I mean, there might be, but it's hard to find them. Uh, For top tier, I would say those are, like, my three. And then, like, a close, like, second tier, you're looking at, like, Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah, or, or like... Two Towers. Secret of the Ooze. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) God, I want to rewatch the Ninja Turtles movies. The second second one's not great. I loved that one as a kid, but it's... Upon further review as an adult, not great. That was probably just the one that, like, when your brain was most ready for that, that's probably... Yeah. In that movie, they specifically toned down the violence because they wanted it to be more kid-friendly. So Leonardo would have his katanas, but he would never use them. He would, like, (laughs) throw them up into the ceiling. And and, use them as a prop. Yeah, and, and, like, hold on and then kick the person. Oh, okay. And, like, Michelangelo didn't use his nunchucks. He used sausage links. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, so stupid stuff like that. But um, thankfully, we're not talking about all of that tonight. We're going to talk about Last of the Mohicans. This movie with Daniel, Ray- Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, my gosh. I don't care for Daniel Day-Lewis that much. I, yeah, I'm kind of on that boat with you. But I love this movie. I love this movie. So this takes place in the French and Indian War, and it follows a trio of men that are the last of their kind. They are the Mohican race, uh, clan, tribe of Native Americans, Mm -hmm. and two of them are actually Mohicans. The other one is an adopted white man uh, named Nathaniel. His Native American name was Hawkeye, uh, which is played by Daniel Day-Lewis, and it just kind of follows their journey they're trying to go west and they just get caught up in the war thor what are your initial thoughts on last of the mohicans here okay so confession time you didn't watch the movie no (laughs) (laughs) all right mike me and you for the next hour i was just gonna sit here and listen to you guys talk about no so when we reviewed the godfather i had to make a confession that i didn't realize the main character was al pacino okay yep (laughs) I got to make another confession. Okay. When you initially put these two, you're like, it's one of these two is my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. And I had even mentioned at one point, I was like, you know, this, this is surely going to be tough because you have two of like the most critically acclaimed movies of all time against each other. You're like, well, certainly the Godfather. I don't know about last of the Mohicans. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that's kind of odd. And then I started watching the movie and like within a couple of minutes, I realized, oh, 
I was thinking Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. And that's Kevin Costner. It's not Daniel Day-Lewis at sure. all. I, that's another movie I haven't seen, but I know it's it's generally has to do with like Native Americans. I think that's more like the West, though, right? Uh, it was Civil War, right? I think he was so. a Civil War general. Yeah, something. It's like been that. a long time since I've, I've seen, seen Dances with Wolves. That's fine. You can pass. Yeah. So, but I know that's a pretty critically acclaimed movie as well. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think that one so, swept the Oscars the year that it was. That's in. the movie I thought I was watching. That's so, what you thought you were jumping into. Yeah. Okay. So, this wasn't what I expected. How long did it take for you to realize that that wasn't the movie you were Maybe like five, into? ten minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if you were just like, where's Kevin Costner? <laughs> no, no. Well, and even that, like, I was just in my brain. I, I was expecting a different type of movie. Okay. If that makes sense. Well, I don't know if that makes sense to me. What were you expecting? And how did, how did that compare to what you got? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, were, what were your overall thoughts, uh, general impressions of the film? My general impression was like, I don't understand why this is his one of his favorite movies. Oh yeah, yeah. So why? <laughs> That's real. Like I'm not saying positive or negative, but I saw it and I'm like, this is markedly different from The Godfather. Oh yeah, and this is certainly not what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, so one of the, honestly, one of the big things about this movie for me is the soundtrack. The soundtrack does so much to drive this movie. Um, I think the movie would be far worse without the soundtrack. Yeah. And it actually won the Oscar for sound the year that it came out. out. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Just watching this. So after we did the recommendation, I rewatched this just to refresh it, my brain. Cause it had been like a year or two, maybe three since I'd seen it. And dude, when I was watching it and the mountaintops showed up and it goes last of the Mohicans and the peak of the music hits, I literally, Thor, got chills. I literally got chills. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this movie so much. (laughs) That score is called Promontory. And Trevor, I think it's Trevor Jones who did it, did a fantastic job with it. I actually have that on my iPod. It's one of the few like movie scores that I actually like will sit down and just listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the soundtrack is a lot for me. Okay. Um, I think that another part is I feel like this movie has everything that a nineties movie needs. 100%. 100%. It's got action. It's got drama. It's got romance. It's got a little bit of comedy, but it's real subtle comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it just, I feel like it's the perfect film of its time as far as, cause it was made in 1990 or it was released in 1992 and it's just got everything that you need. It's not too long, right? It's not like a two and a half hour film. It doesn't drag on. It's, it shows up. It does what it wants to do. It never overstays its welcome. I think that all the actors do a great job in it, and I think that the score is amazing. I think that the guy who plays Magua does oh, it. Wes does Study a, is dude. great in this movie. And, and also— Oh, yeah. He's a great bad guy. Magua, I think, in general, is one of the best villains I've seen on film. He's one of the most ruthless, I'd say. Dude is savage. Yeah. He rips a dude's heart out and eats it in front of him while he's dying. So all of that, all of those things are the reason that I love this movie. Okay. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. And I don't disagree with anything you said. Sure. I was just curious because genuinely it just caught me. As I was watching it, I was like, I'm surprised. Yeah. 
Yeah, just based on other things we've talked about and things that you generally regard. I didn't honestly. I didn't think about the soundtrack. Like, oh yeah, it does have a good soundtrack. I agree, but it just didn't. It didn't stand out to me as like incredible. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying oh, I was so. But I was I was fully focused on the story though. So I mean, sure. I don't. I don't. And honestly, the thing I found most interesting about this, the time period in which it takes place, mm-hmm. because you don't get a lot on the french and indian war no you really don't and that's that's like a really fascinating we talked about this before i'm really i really like revolutionary period of american history and this was like 20 years before and it was kind of like leading up to the revolution it was like the prelude to it Mm -hmm. so i was more fascinated by the time period they did okay and how it, it felt like they really captured what that period of time was like I thought it was so neat. They do the battle where they're trying to storm that fort. Oh, yeah. All those scenes were so awesome because it wasn't just like like Lord of the Rings. It's not the Helm's Deep that everybody expects in a typical movie where it's just two armies running and clashing at each other. Yeah. The way it was shot was like, that's probably what it was really like, where it's this long, grueling process where it's and like more just strategic weeks, and yeah, yeah, weeks and weeks of shooting at each other and maybe getting a casualty here or there, but basically just a war of attrition mm-hmm. when some when they were trying to take a fort like that. Yeah, that that was even in the when they first got there, they said, "Well, yeah, we're okay now, but in about a week, they're yeah, they're we're, waiting we're us out." Done, yeah, yeah. yeah and they were talking about that. They're building trenches thirty yards a day. Exactly. I I loved that I loved that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did really well. Some of the like stuff with like the native tribes was a little bit tropey and like not actually accurate. But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, what can you do? It's sure. I don't know. How'd you feel about Daniel Day Lewis? Because you came into this movie really liking Daniel Day Lewis, oh, right? Yeah, no, okay. I love him. I feel and like he did a decent job. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. Uh, yeah, no. All the acting was great. My favorite line in the movie is when they come across the cabin of like his friends who were living out on the frontier mm-hmm. who got slaughtered by these this oh. war party. Yeah, by the Mohawks. And, and she's basically, and they're like, we're not going to bury them. And they don't explain why. So then these uptight, the uptight prissy uh, ladies from England are like, well, you have no heart, you have no soul. What if they were people you know and you're friends? And he just looks at her and he's like, two things, they were my friends. And they stay where they lay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's intense. Yeah, they were not strangers. And they stay as they lay. And he just walks away. Oh. Bolton, what are your uh what are your overall thoughts with Last of the Mohicans? Let's bring you into this. I mean, I I'm I don't think I'm at the point that you are. Like I don't I wouldn't put it in like my top five, but I'd probably say it's like a top twenty maybe for me. I I had rewatched this this past week just to like prep myself and refresh, but it's been years since I've watched it. Yeah. But a lot of it, you know, came back to me pretty fresh, like all the stuff with Magua and the soundtrack and everything. Like that was all stuff that I hung on to and like remembered about the movie. Uh, the final fight, which we'll get to then is like one of my favorite things Dude. ever in film. Yes. Like it's great. Really? Oh, just because of how ridiculous it gets. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the final, like, ten minutes of this movie, like, are, like, ten of my favorite minutes in a movie ever. Okay. (laughs) And I couldn't, like, there's not even, like, really anything that that necessarily, like, sticks out about it. Like, I don't know. 
like what it is, but I just love that segment of I can, this movie. I can tell you exactly what it is for me when we get to that. Oh point. yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll get there. I can tell you exactly um, what it is. Yeah, well, we don't have to go through super linear, no. linearly. Yeah, and and to be honest, I don't think that we should. I, I think that um, this one. So it was made in 1992. We're going to talk about the film, folks. Uh, it's over 20 years old now. Yeah. So spoilers, but we're talking about a 20 minute or 20 year old film. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Absolutely, you should see it. And also, if you're listening at this point, you know what we do, dummy. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> saying, I'm not saying spoiler alert anymore. All right. Yeah, yeah so we're that's what happens. Not, not for a movie that's 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, sure, let's just jump into the best part of the film. Yeah. The ending. Uh, <laughs> we'll work our way back. Yeah, we'll work our way back. <laughs> uh, okay. We're gonna memento this podcast. Yeah. Good lord, I love that movie, too. Um. Okay. So. The biggest thing about it that that worked so well for me was, one, they use the... uh, So this song was originally called The the Goal or The Gale, I believe. It was was a Celtic song that they then reused for this. And it was just the the strings going... On loop, like Mm -hmm. that whole part. So that starts, and that goes almost the entire, mm-hmm. like, 10 minutes of the end of the film. It starts, and then it just never stops. And at this point, Magua is taking the sisters away, but you know that Magua's going to be killing these ladies. Like, you know that he's doing it. So he was told by the Huron uh, to basically take them out and leave them be, but Magua's got a vendetta. He's not going to do that. He killed the dead, but he didn't kill... He killed Monroe, their father, but he didn't get rid of the bloodline, and that was his whole purpose of this whole movie. Yeah, so, he, he yeah. wanted revenge. He's like, you took my family, my yeah. children? Yeah, and it takes a while Dude. to get to that, too, because they even ask him in the beginning of the movie, like, why Like, why do you hate the white hair? And he's just like, when I meet him, I'm going to eat his heart. And and Mar- Marquis, the French general, is just kind of like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got this scene where... Hawkeye and his brother, uh, I forget what his brother's name is. Uh, Uncas. Uncas, that's what it is. And then their father, and I don't know. Chuk. Man, Bolton, I'm glad you're here. Uh, (laughs) I came in prepped. I'm ready. How the hell? (laughs) I was about to say God bless you. (laughs) Um, So the three of them are chasing Magua and his his ragtag of Hurons that that prefer him over the rest of the Hurons. Stole their women. So it's a big, long chase scene running through the freaking forests. Up mountains. Up, up mountains and everything. And it was a little bit long. Dude, no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we get it. You're running through the forest. Yeah. Okay. So, but then the other brother, what's his name? Uncas. Uncas. I wanted to call him Scoop. That's such an unfortunate yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> Uncas. So Uncas leaves ahead of time because he's got a thing for the younger sister. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so first off, the communication between the three of them that was nonverbal, there was so much that was said between them through looks, through like just simple touches, gestures, and they just knew how to communicate to each other. I thought that that was super well done. Yeah. Because it came across in the film that way. And as soon as Uncas put his hand on his dad's shoulder and then just left, you knew. Like yeah. all he, of that. Yep. I'm going to save, I'm going to save my girl. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the dad, like, gets Hawkeye and and then they chase after him. So Uncas shows up. He takes out a couple of them, but then gets into a one-on-one with Magua. Yeah, and Magua just fucks him yeah. up. Well, at this point they had gotten Hawkeye's girl back. 
because remember magua took him to the huron and and the the like chief was like magua you can take one of the girls you can take the blonde one to essentially be your wife yeah yeah that way the seed doesn't die like yeah and then they were gonna kill the dark-haired girl, mm-hmm. but then the General Duncan, yeah, makes General the... Duncan. God, he was yeah. annoying. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, what he, in, no, he, like I, it, that's a positive point of the movie is he is such an unlikable character. Mm-hmm. Like as far he as really making is. this like this thirsty fucking friend zoned <laughs> asshole. He really is, uh, and he and he has power, so he's such a dick about it. And he looks, oh, you fucking savages. We, you know what I mean? Such a great job of just making him just a douche. Yeah. But in any case, so he says, no, no, kill me. And the guy's like, okay. Like, that part was a little bit hard to follow. Well, Hawkeye, you know, says, you know, let her go and take me. It'll be a great honor for your tribe to kill me. And ask Duncan to, you know, translate that to the Sachem, the head of the Huron. And Duncan instead, you know, realizes that he's not going to be able to really help her keep her safe so he you know kind of makes a sacrifice and says you can kill me instead but he says it in french so that you know hawkeye and cora don't know that that's what's going on until they i misunderstood that a little bit um i thought that the chief was just like no we're not gonna kill him kill this dumb oh yeah this dumb duncan offers himself up uh, in exchange and basically you know tells him like you know get out of here you know you can take me instead oh, i thought it was and like a mistranslation what... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh no yeah it's basically just him sacrificing himself him yeah. not him realizing one she doesn't love me but he still obviously has feelings for her but two he's not in a situation to help her escape and yeah. hawkeye and his family can mm-hmm. do that so yeah he just sacrifices himself and then and then okay going back to the communication between the father and the sons when they get out like out of dodge they look back, and Hawkeye looks at his dad. His dad just tosses him a rifle. Yeah, all he does, he is, knows. Yep, he just looks at his dad, and his dad just tosses him a rifle, and then Hawkeye kills Duncan because they're burning him at the stake. So, so he does it as a mercy kill, so that he doesn't have to be burned and, alive. And it's kind of a great subtle moment, like in that scene, because throughout the entire movie, Duncan and Hawkeye are just going at each other's throats. I mean, Duncan essentially sentences him, sentences him to death. Yeah, but. So you would think that, like, in that scene, when he pulls up, he's just got to blow Duncan away, but he pauses. Where throughout the entire movie, anytime he shoots, he's bam, bam, bam. And with a musket, I mean, that's impressive. But, like, he pulls up, and he sees Duncan, and he kind of, like, hesitates for a moment. And, like, you can kind of see, like, (sighs) yeah, all right. (laughs) Yep, boom, kills him. But there was no communication. Like, there was no verbal communication with his dad. I just, I felt like that was super well done. Yeah, no, I like that scene a lot. I love... Once again, this is the my favorite. All my favorite parts about this movie are just like, like his how it fits in like historically, okay, and how like authentic it felt. In that you have different people speak different. Like not everybody can communicate with each other because you have French, you have English, you have different uh, like native languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Mohicans and the Hurons they speak different languages, but then the Hurons speak the common language of French because they're working with French, but yeah. Hawkeye doesn't speak French because he particular tends to talk to you know yeah, frontiersmen in mm-hmm. the English. So I I like that piece. I'm sorry. Go no, on. no, no, that's, <laughs> no. That's yeah. So so I think like again, all of that kind of coming back to the to the last ten minutes of it. His brother gets into this fight with Magua. 
and Magua just takes him out pretty quickly. Then you see the younger daughter. Oh, yeah, Magua fucks him up yeah, with that, he big, really does. that big axe thing, dude. He is, that guy is no joke. Yeah, so, so Magua kills him, and then the younger daughter just jumps off of a freaking cliff. Like, she looks at everything. But, dude, there's a super awesome scene where she is looking at them and then looks over at the cliff and then looks back at them, and Magua just reaches out his hand. Yeah, like, like he has the knife held out, and, like, he realizes what's going to happen. Like, in the split second, he's like, I'm going to lose my wife here. So he lowers his knife, and he's just like, come on, you know, like, don't be yeah. stupid. Like, come on. Yeah. And there's that moment. I, I don't know, because the other sister, mm-hmm. I, I've seen other things with her. Do you know the name? Uh, oh, my God. I just had it. But her her biggest thing that she's done was she was in 12 Monkeys with Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis. Oh, my gosh. She was in, her name is Madeline Stowe. Madeline yeah. Stowe. There you go. Yeah. So her house, the, the younger sister, I don't recognize necessarily. All right. You ready for this? Her name's yeah. Jodie May. And she disappeared until recently. She's the queen in Witcher. Plus, she had a small scene in Game of Thrones. Holy shit. She's the queen in Witcher? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Boom. I am DZ. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we brought him, folks. Very cool. But in any case, yeah, that scene is awesome because you have this moment where she's literally contemplating like, okay, here's this guy who killed my father, mm-hmm. wanted to kill me, and now I'm supposed to be his wife. Like, I know how, I know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And- and so she ends up jumping off, and then you have Madeline. You said her name is Madeline Stowe. Madeline yeah. Stowe. And what? Cora is her name in the movie. Yeah, and then and I I actually I really liked that scene because then Cora's like under the waterfall, safe essentially, while while Hawkeye and the boys are taking care of business. Like you stay safe. Yeah. And she just sees her sister falling off a cliff in front of her eyes. Yeah. Fucking brutal. Brutal. Yeah. So so when he dies, um. When Uncas dies, the dad goes into overdrive. Yeah, you get that like slow motion, just like pained look on his face. Like I, I just watched my son get murdered. Yeah. in front of me. And I love the scene where the dad is basically just beelining it to Magua, and, and you got Hawkeye behind him, just popping just, guys and picking up, picking up guns and trading guns. Okay, you know what? Dude. This is another case where like I didn't, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the movie. I did. Yeah. But, the but more now, you that talk I'm, about now that I'm it, talking yeah. about, I'm like, oh god, I really did like that. That part was really cool. Yeah, because because the dad's just going, and Hawkeye's like, I got this. Yep. <laughs> he's just taking because he knows he's double he gunning muskets. He's, yeah, he's double muskets gunning muskets while running through the woods on the mountainside. That's just... absurd. <laughs> it's yeah. cool, but again, he knows he's like this. You know, dad's gonna kill this motherfucker, um, and it's his right to because he just killed my brother, his son. So I'm just going to take care of everybody else. Yeah, that's how it was always going to go down. Yeah. And when they fought, dude, with a fight between Magua and Chikatug, oh, it was so good. Flawless victory yeah. for fucking Chikatug. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just comes in and fucking slaughters Magua. Yeah, so, so Magua sees him coming and takes a swipe at him, and this guy doesn't even blink. Mid-stride does a roll to go under and just takes out his was it his leg or his arm just i think he he hit him like in the back at first he does he does hit him in the back with his with his axe musket yeah (laughs) like one of the coolest weapons i've seen yeah what did you think about that weapon thor 
Apparently, axe the, musket. It, it was a real thing too. I had to look it up because I really wanted to yeah. know the name, and so, now I forget. So the dad's <laughs> weapon is a musket, but like the butt of that musket is an axe. Is blade. an axe too? Okay, and I didn't so, even realize. Yeah. And so there's other scenes where he's literally overhand, double hand throwing that thing into. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that scene. He, yeah, basically like instead of like beginning. where the hammer is on the musket, there's a giant blade. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that was his gun as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a freaking awesome weapon. Um. So anyway, he takes Magua out super quick. He does this awesome 360 spin with his gun axe and stabs him right in the freaking back. Oh, yeah, Magua doesn't stand a chance in oh. this fight. Yeah. And just kicks them off the cliff. I, I love when he, like, he delivers the killing blow. Like, he, like, rams this thing into Magua's chest, and he just kicks him off like he's fucking trash. Just get off my weapon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But through the... There's the... a lot of people falling off the side of that damn mountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's got a high body count. Um, so, I, the reason that I loved that scene so much was all of the things that we had just happened. Okay. Think about... Think about the emotional roller coaster that just happened. It's... Oh crap! They're taking the younger sister. Uh, I think her name was Alice. So yes. like they're they're chasing Alice. Um, so you're like, what's gonna happen? And then the brother Uncas shows up, and you're like, oh shit, we gotta fight. And then Uncas dies, and you're like, fuck man, Uncas just died. And then Alice just jumps off the cliff, and you're like, damn, she's dead too. And then uh, you see the other sister, Cora. She's crying in the background by the waterfall because she just watched her sister die. And in the meantime, Hawkeye and um, and Chinkachug saw their son and brother die, and like it's just this this rolling thing of emotion. And as that is happening again and again and again, we've got this build up uh, emotionally of all these things. The music is also slowly building up yeah. while all of this is happening, and then it crescendos with the fight between Chinkachug you know and Magua. You know what I really liked about that specifically is because, like you said it's like loss and then loss again yeah the younger brother died and now the dad's going after magua and in my head as i'm watching i'm like oh his dad's about to get murked too because the whole time really hawkeye's the main character yeah nathaniel right yep yeah so really he's like the protagonist of the story Mm -hmm. so there was genuinely stakes i was like oh i i assumed his dad was going to die to magua and then he was gonna have to finish him off i was like he's about to lose both is oh yeah both of his family members right now mm-hmm. so i i liked that it, it actually felt like there were stakes they didn't have the protagonist come because if it was him going in right away it'd be like oh he's obviously gonna win sure so i liked that there were actually like it felt like there were stakes yeah. in that scene if that makes sense yeah I, yeah what well, I, oh, I was gonna say i'm glad that you picked up because this movie like you said has the build-up throughout the entire movie of it's gonna be nathaniel against magua that is gonna be the final fight yeah but it's the last of the Mohicans, not, you know, while Daniel Day-Lewis is the main character, he's not even the tidy R character of the movie, even though he's the one that's marketed. So Yeah, and then the final scene where they're talking, I can't deny, that's a beautiful scene. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. You have this dad talking to his son, and he's like, our race is, nope. we're done, we're the last of them. And, and it's also being who we are and we know how history you know where we exist in history we knew how it played out mm-hmm. and so it's this really neat scene where he's like yeah we're we're done yeah. this land really isn't for us anymore it's super prophetic um, it, when you changing. sit there and actually like think about like all the stuff he says like yeah. th- there is no more frontier 
but we can say, you know, we were here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful, like kind of like a bittersweet ending. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. They must have been waiting for the perfect day to shoot that because the sun is kind of oh, sure. setting. Yeah. And, and he's like, my white son. I love that he just keeps calling him my white son. <laughs> yeah. You, my white son. And even when Nathaniel gets pulled away by the British earlier in the movie, like they're hauling him to jail. He's still like, where's my white son yeah, going? <laughs> yeah. Where are they taking my white son? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that the last 10 minutes of that movie are some of the best ever in cinema. Okay. I freaking love the last 10 minutes. And I'll I'll admit, me well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the last ten minutes that put it so high in my list for me. Because I just feel like it's such a powerful crescendo and I feel like the buildup is there from the beginning and seeing that payoff, I felt like it was super well done. Okay. Um and then it ends. Just right there on the mountaintop. There's no like uh three weeks later or or any bullshit after that. Yeah, like, you know I hate that stuff. Yeah. And, that, and so... <laughs> so, like, that's the story. And it just stops. And it ends where it needs to end. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just it's just a good movie. That's 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 my stance. No, I really like it. I love... Also, there was this scene where, uh, essentially, you know, the French had been laying siege to this fort. And basically, the French guy's like, Luke, I'm tired of fighting. Like really, he was just—he was just bored of it. He was like, "You're all." He was like, "If we play this out, you're just gonna die." Yeah, like they're not sending reinforcements. So he offered him essentially like an unprecedented treaty of like, "You can just take your shit and go." Yeah, go back to England, Mm -hmm. and and go like, because here's the thing about history: England and France have always have just always been at war. Like, always and forever. Yeah. <laughs> They're just always at war. So that was kind of like an unprecedented thing for them to be like, yeah, just get out of here. We, And so as they're leaving, you get to see magua because he's all pissed that they're like well i didn't get i didn't get to kill any white guys <laughs> that, that's my favorite part of that whole scene is as marquis talking to monroe telling him like you should just give everything over they get like the shot of magua in the background with this what's this bullshit look on his face <laughs> yeah. like, the whole time like what the hell <laughs> you kidding me i didn't get to kill this guy but then the scene after that is them walking through the woods and you get to really see the thing that defined the french and indian war and then went on to you know, define the revolutionary war a bit too, is like, this was the first time like guerrilla tactics had really been used. Yeah, in, dude. In at that time, what they considered modern warfare was a very civilized affair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stand in a row and shoot each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you got to see this incredible, that scene was awesome. That's an incredible scene. The ambush. scene. Oh yeah. The ambush scene and then you really have good. Nathaniel gets free and he's like, I got to go find Cora. I got to save her. And he's fighting his way through to get to her. Mm-hmm. Such a, that one was an awesome scene. I like that. Between one those two scenes. I love how like Magua, like, you know, basically, you know, comes after Marquis and is like, what's going on? Why is this happening? And Marquis like, look, you know, I kind of made this peace treaty, blah, blah, blah but I really don't want to fight the same Englishman again, which I know is what's going to happen. <laughs> I made this treaty. That doesn't necessarily mean that you made the treaty. Like right. he doesn't come out and tell him to go kill him, but he's like, you can go fuck him up if you want. Yeah. I mean, he definitely implies that for sure. Even in that, in, in, in that scene, you get to see Duncan fight too. Cause through the whole thing, I'm kind of like, man, Duncan's kind of a 
Pris. Like, I kind of want to... A little bit, I yeah. just want to, like, shut up, dude. Yeah. But then you see him actually fight, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's got some chops. Like, yeah. there's a reason that he's got a high station. Yeah. I really enjoyed the evolution of the relationship between Korra and Duncan as that movie went on. Because it started off, and they embraced each other, like, not as lovers, but as as good friends. Well, yeah, and he's got her picture in a locket, too. So you yeah. you automatically assume, like, there's either a marriage ahead or they're already together. Yeah. Or... yeah. And <laughs> that guy, he's like, <laughs> I've, I've asked you so many times. And she's like, I just need to think about it. Yeah, like, I'm that, tired of you I asking. Like, <laughs> I was like, he's, like, he is annoying and he's a douche. But also to be friend zoned that hard, that's rough, man. I, yeah. That's rough. Well, think about think about as as it progresses. I think J- Duncan clearly gets a little bit jealous because when they get rescued by Hawkeye, because they're initially trying to get to the siege, yeah. and they don't even um, they're, like they're trying to get there, and that's when Magua does his first attack and just like has all the Indi- uh, has all the Native Americans just wipe out the the group. You see the relationship start to build between Hawkeye and Korra, and clearly Duncan starts to get jealous, mm-hmm. and so right away. yeah, and so he's like, "No, uh, those things that Hawkeye said about the um, the settlers, yeah, no, it that that wasn't anything, yeah, yeah, full on bullshit, full, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and because they kind of like laid the groundwork for that too, because when he first shows up in town, mm-hmm. there's like the British officer who's been there for a while. And he's like, yeah, I, I signed, I told him to get him to sign up. I was like, yeah, if the frontier starts getting attacked, you can come back. It's not going to happen. And he's like, sir, you can't do that. What would the Brit? And the guy's basically like, dude, you just got here. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so you- he didn't agree with that initially. So oh, that, yeah. it was two parts. He was like, a, that was like a win-win for him. He's like, I can throw, I can throw the hottie with the body who's trying to take my lady from me and throw him <laughs> under the bus. And then and then also, that was a dumb thing. That guy never should have told him they could do that anyway. Yeah, well, and Duncan's all about the monarchy. Like, you can, it's very clear where his allegiances yeah. lie. There's no question with that. But I, I really enjoyed the line. I thought, I thought it was the sickest burn in the entire movie when she looked at him and, and she said, she says, take it as a compliment when I say that it was wrong for me to think so highly of you. Yeah, that's basically like the 1700s version of go fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when that happened, oh my gosh, I was like, man, sick burn, Cora. Sick <laughs> she burn. She got him. Yeah, because he just like glares back. He's got these like puppy dog eyes. He's yeah. holding back the tears. Yeah, he's so sad. Yeah. That's that's basically the film, right? It's It's about... Hawkeye, his crew, taking these daughters to the siege to get to their general dad, and then him leaving when that siege doesn't work out, trying to rescue uh, rescue the daughters when they're taken by Magua. I really like the guy who played Monroe, too. Oh, yeah, I thought, he was I felt like it was... His accent was great. Loved it. Well, yeah. and he, he did this great job of being, like how you would expect a general of the 1700s in the British Royal army to act mm-hmm. um, where he was very highfalutin and a very, just a hard man. But then you saw like, like this conflict, like when he interacted with his daughters, it was like this, this softness that you could tell made him uncomfortable. Yeah. He was, try- I, I, he was I, trying I to balance for- being a dad, but his, you know, being a general 
seemed to come first and foremost. Yeah, so I think it was... Uh, he wasn't, like, a major character in the film. He didn't have a whole lot of screen time, but while he was on there, it, like, felt very genuine and, like, really heartfelt. Yeah, well, I, I think, liked that. I think part of that, too, was that he's in, like struggling to survive and his daughters show up i mean that's the worst spot that i <laughs> if i was in that situation there's no way in hell i would want my daughter to well show yeah up like there, the right? first thing that he says to him is why are you here yeah, it's like what are you doing why are you here <laughs> why'd you come girls yeah why did you come girls so with that he's got to put on this thing because alice the younger sister she is very innocent and naive now you can see that she's like doe-eyed and hasn't hasn't experienced life yet. Cora's got a little bit of maturity, you know, going on. But Alice, I don't think is there yet. Yeah, no. Uh, Cora is definitely a realist, mm-hmm. and and uh, Alice is definitely bright eyed. And the world hasn't crushed the the crushing world of being a woman in the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> just hasn't sunk in yet. Because also their nobility, so like yeah. they've never really. She certainly hasn't been exposed sure. to anything like this. Yeah, so he's he's got this thing where he's trying not to freak them out, being like, you know, in a couple of days we're all going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, he's also got to be strong because he's the leader of that whole area. So that's that's a tough situation for him to be in. So with all of that, Thor, give me your thoughts on this film. I wanna I wanna I want your in depth analysis. Where you stand with this guy? I enjoyed it. I definitely did. To me, I was surprised. Like, I guess I haven't watched a lot of movies from like the early nineties. Like, okay, is it with this? Is it an action movie? Is it drama? I don't know. Just it's got a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, I I just have a tidbit once Thor goes. Maybe it just felt a bit dated to me, which it should. It's from thirty years ago, but I I don't know. It almost I don't know how to put it into words. It just had this particular feel to it. It sure. didn't feel like a major motion picture to me, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. It just didn't look like it. Didn't look like a major motion picture? Yeah. It it does kind of have the feel of like a BBC movie that we would watch in like history class yeah. in high school. You know what it reminded me of? Did I would you, agree with Did that, you yeah. ever watch Wishbone? Yeah. There Is that you with go. the dog? Yeah. I Can we know... bring that back just to make Wishbone Nathaniel? <laughs> Well, and just and just I mean, it's like uh, probably like the film they used, uh, whatever tones they use, color wise, mm-hmm. it just whatever it was filmed on, it felt like that. Which I don't know if that was the standard what they filmed films on in that. I would imagine that. It, I mean, it's early '90s technology. Yeah, the movie was probably filmed in 1990. And I don't know if I feel good or bad about that. It's just something I thought. Yeah, it definitely feels interesting. older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I like to end. I fucking love this period of history. Mm-hmm. So, and they got so much of it right. One thing I had, I'm not going to hold it against the movie because it's based on a book, and the book yeah. was written probably in the early 1900s. It, I, I think it was. I think it was 18. Yeah. yeah. So right away in the beginning, you see the raiding party like scalping people. Sure. And then Magua even says, "We're going home before I have any white scalps." Yeah. And and he talks about eating the guy's heart. I could be wrong on this, but it is to my understanding that scalping and like ritual cannibalism, not really part of like the Northeastern, like native tribes, like, cause we're done like the Huron and the Seneca, mm-hmm. the Mohicans, obviously 
that was more of like the Plains Indians. Gotcha. So you're like the yeah, because this is com- upstate New York. The Comanches and the Apaches, which were more like kind of nomadic. Okay. Um. So you're talking like Oklahoma, you know. So where like settlers wouldn't have like interacted with people scalping and and eating hearts and stuff like that for another probably like hundred years or so. Yeah. It was just not accurate. But I was like, I get why they put it in there. Yeah. I mean, because those are things that I think were often like kind of sensationalized, right? Sure. Yeah. The Hollywood. Yeah. So um, I don't hold that against the movie. I just thought that was interesting because aside from that, everything else felt like really good. Yeah. Felt really anyway. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge. I mean, what the fuck do I know? Yeah. I'm I'm not, (laughs) I'm not much of a history person in, especially in the French and Indian wartime. I admittedly, I probably should know more. I don't know. It felt like it was a very, it felt like a real depiction. I don't know how accurate it is, but it felt real. Yeah, it did. So I, such high marks for that. To everything I know about that time period, pretty on point with everything. There's no performance where I can say, oh, that was, I didn't like that person. I liked the French general. The when French... they when they had their little. Oh, yeah. uh, Marquis so good. What, he was so good. What, what do they call that? Uh like when pirates meet, oh, their parlay. Yeah, yeah when they go. had their little parlay, yeah. and uh, I loved that scene. Dude, I loved so good. I loved the the contrast between the way that he approached the um, that Monroe, the British general, approached the parlay, and how the other guy approached the parlay and like took off his hat and did this flourishy bow. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, that guy's so French. <laughs> <laughs> well, they even say like earlier in the movies, like the French have like. They they can't stand up to the British because they're too busy like being fancy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like stuff in their face and making love to their women. Oh yeah, yeah. Making love to each other's faces is how they put yeah. the French. <laughs> well, Bolton, what did you you have to to throw into this? Well, Thor was saying like he's not sure like how to like categorize it, and so one of the reasons I got my moniker is after I watch a movie, I will go through IMDb and just read facts about movies, and stupid stuff will stick in my head. Yeah. The way that Madeline Stowe got casted as Cora is because Michael Mann, the director, went to her and was like, this is a love story. Because she didn't want to do it. She was like, war movie, Indians, I want no part of this. And he was like, no, it's a love story. And you're the main character. Yeah. And that was what sold her. I mean, there's definitely a love story. There is. I don't think think it's the main genre of the story by any means but i just thought that was funny that's kind of the the thread that holds the whole movie together yeah really i'd say it's the catalyst for it too yeah because their love is the only reason why nathaniel and the mohicans find themselves in any of the predicaments yeah you know what i like is kind of how upfront nathaniel was so when he goes and he essentially he's pissed because he tells the frontier guys he's like look your women and children are getting killed right now and they said you can leave. They're not letting you leave. But if you want to leave, I'll help you. Yeah. I'll get, get you out of, out of here. here. That's how he ends up getting himself fucking locked away to presumably be executed. Mm-hmm. And they go to him. They're like, you're not going? He's like, no. And they're like, it's a woman, isn't it? He's like, it is. Because <laughs> at that point, they were just kind of like like talking and making eyes at each other and stuff like that. And he was just right away. He was like, Nope, I'm staying for, I'm staying for this woman. I'm staying for the girl. Yeah. The one I was like, said he's, all four he's words. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I saw it like that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was like, 
their their courting yeah was a total of like three conversations <laughs> sure. they look they looked at the stars together and he's like i'm in love forever <laughs> that's you know that's hollywood that's hollywood <sighs> okay so with with that being said thor and bolton since you're here too i i need the i need the debate to be solved all right what do you guys think is a better film do you feel like godfather's better or do you feel like last of the mohicans is better <sighs> that's it's such a loaded question. I mean, personally, like, I'm going to say Mohicans because I like it better. Does that mean that it's a better movie? Not necessarily. Yeah. Conversations like this are always so difficult to have because one person's opinion is never going to be anybody else's opinion. Yeah, but but that's the goal. Is yeah, that? No, I that's what we're doing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, your opinion's I mean, wrong, Zach. <laughs> I know. So... <laughs> I mean, to me, I would still put Mohicans. Mohicans up. Godfather. You gotta go, Godfather. You, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that Zach feels like it's Mohican. You gotta go, Godfather. Why do I gotta go, okay. Godfather? Because the Godfather, from and once again, I have I don't have any attachment to either of these movies. Sure. I have now seen them each of them once in like the last two weeks. Okay, you know, I've never seen them. Before. So they're both fresh in your head. Yeah. So well, and also, and I don't have. Because I've never been like, oh, you have to see The Godfather. It's one of the greatest films of all time. I've always heard that. But I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I don't care. Tank Girl's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> if gonna... you ask me, that's the best movie. A, a lot of the movies that you see on those lists usually are not the best films of all time. Yeah. But I would say Godfather because from start to finish, Godfather is, you're just hooked. And you're in, and it is... Like there's way less action. If if it was what's what's a better action movie? Last of Mohicans, a hundred percent. Yeah. But if you go music to music, I oh, feel like it, that's it's a wash. Tough. Yeah, I, I would, feel like it's yep, a wash. I would yep. agree with that. Yep. Yeah, the the Godfather music is classic as well. If you go on which one, like honestly, Godfather drags a little bit. Yeah. It definitely. I feel like it's all relevant. But sure. it, it does it, it drags a bit. It's like three hours, mm-hmm. right? About yeah. That's how <laughs> so, so on that I gotta give it to Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. That there wasn't any parts where I felt like, oh, this is really dragging on. Sure. Like they moved through the story. All that all the acting in both movies is great. And Zach, I know you said you, you didn't care for Marlon Brando in that. Or at least Here's the thing. I feel like young Marlon Brando, like young Hollywood Marlon Brando is so much superior to old Hollywood Marlon Brando because by the time Marlon Brando got to the age of like the Godfather and like uh, Island of Dr. Moreau and even Superman, he just stopped giving a fuck about his movies. He was really only there for a paycheck half the time. I read that he preferred not to memorize his lines. No, he wrote his lines for Superman on the baby's diaper he he wouldn't he wouldn't learn him he wrote him on the baby's diaper so when he's holding up, <laughs> what a fucking thug yeah so, so when he's holding the baby makes me like him more yeah and as far as i know like all the lines for like island of dr moreau i don't i think it's like almost 100 percent ad lib because he hated all of the dialogue that was written for that movie <laughs> that's funny but yeah no i i mean marlon brando's performance alone in that because yeah. once and we talked about this last week, like my favorite scenes of that, some of my favorite scenes of that movie were like that broke my heart was him like saying, "I don't want my son's mother to see him like." Oh yeah, look what they did to my boy. Broke my heart. And here's the thing, I said this too. This is crazy. 
it's so quotable and it's so no his hand gestures as a character the like wiping of his face he does yeah without ever having seen the movie i knew that he wiped his face like that <laughs> you know like how insane is it not only are some of his lines the most quoted lines of all time but the way he uses his hands to just brush like his just gestures just to brush his face and it, it, it's all like these small details of that movie and and i think overall just start to finish i was always engaged and always hooked in the godfather me i think anybody can make a good action movie but i think making a fully like really dialogue driven film okay so you're I, saying i think that's i think that's a greater feat so you're saying as far as a looking at it from a cinematography point of view you feel like godfather is a better accomplishment is a yes. grander accomplishment and also i just found it more interesting okay and and i did and i found last mohegan's very interesting but didn't rock my world okay godfather was closer to rocking your world yeah yeah for <laughs> sure i saw it and i was like well i get why everybody's like this is one of the greatest movies of all time okay. like even if you don't think it is like if you think second one's better you know everyone has to agree like at how important it is sure. and i was like i get it because i told it i wanted to shit on it i wanted to be like <laughs> everybody's wrong this movie sucks and i couldn't <sighs> Bolton, do you have anything to add? Otherwise, I've got to make a decision, and I'm really not oh, looking forward no, to making a decision. This is all you. Great. All right, so let's let's categorize this. Let's let's pick a couple of categories here. Okay. Soundtrack. They're both great. Yeah. I've got to give it to Mohicans though. Okay. I didn't get chills watching The Godfather this t- past time around. I literally got chills watching Last of the Mohicans. Fair enough. Okay, that makes sense. Um. So, boom. There you go. Uh, length of film as far as the pacing of the movie i'll give that to godfather i'm sorry i'll give that to the mohicans too um i feel like godfather's great godfather's 100 percent great but um I, th- I do think that's a little bit long however daniel day lewis is in last of the mohicans i don't really care for him do you not like daniel day lewis because he is a method actor i don't uh, see for me i just feel like daniel day lewis is a little bit overrated he just has kind of a weird face too right <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm not going to disagree, but like there's been like a lot of talk in like Hollywood recently about his method acting, like really the way to go. Like people jumped all over Jared Leto shit for it. But sure. like if you ever read like any of the crazy ass like Daniel Day Lewis stories from like his, like when he was like in his prime. Yeah. So like for this movie, like to get the feel, like the full fear, feel of a frontiersman, he went off the grid and lived in the woods for months and, you know, hunted and fished and like. To you prepare know, did, for the movie. Did, did his own skins and all that. And he apparently did this for every movie. He did a movie called My Left Foot where he, quit, where he played a quadriplegic who I think was an artist. But this guy could only move his left foot, and it's based off of a true story. Well, the entire time that they were making that movie, he stayed in character. He would not leave his wheelchair. He would only leave his – he would only move his left foot to the point where, like, people would have to get up and carry his wheelchair or they would have to take him to the bathroom or that's how they had to communicate with him. It was – like, he stayed in his wheelchair so much, I think it said he broke, like, a couple ribs Jeez. from staying, like, slumped over. So I wasn't sure if, like, the whole method acting thing was, like, one of the things that got to you about him. Not so much that. It's more just – I don't know. Maybe maybe it is part of the. I feel like this is just my own perception of him. 
but he seems like a guy who's full of himself. Most method actors are. And like one of my favorite things that I've heard was somebody say method acting is just an excuse for people to act like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that that's part of it. I, not not so much the method acting thing. I think that that's interesting. I think it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know if it's necessarily the method acting. It's it's certainly the aura that surrounds him and everybody going, oh my gosh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh my gosh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Do you ever look at him and think, like, you should be a mortician or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't challenge him. He'll actually just go out and yeah, start. He'll actually just start putting his hand in dead bodies and stuff. Like, Dude, oh, yeah, he, he totally should have played The Undertaker in the live-action interpretation of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> Can't he be perfect? Yeah. He's a fucking creep. Yeah. But I really enjoy his acting. But yeah. he is a creep that looks weird. He... <laughs> um, Gosh. Godfather, though, is just so good. I, right now, in this specific moment in time, I'm I'm gotta say Last of the Mohicans wins out over Godfather. Now you said this is commitment, so from now from now on. Oh, uh, that's right. Last of the Mohicans is that's your right. favorite. Do I feel comfortable enough with this? I feel like you I feel like it is. So here's the dilemma I'm seeing going on in your head. Uh-huh. Is it's your favorite movie, Mikey. You just gotta admit it. But you're 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 just worried that like what if I say Last of the Mohicans is my favorite movie? He can be. It's all right. That's true. We're I here do, for you. And I then do, you find out like I, 10 years from now they actually talking about it. like 100 Native Americans on the set of this movie. And, and just like back to back the last two weeks. <laughs> be like, no, Micah, you said it was your favorite. You can't take it back now. <laughs> they killed all the Native Americans. You're a horrible person for liking that movie. His favorite part was when all the Natives died. That was the best part. Jeez. Um... Oh. All right. Yeah. Well, with that thing, talking about the two movies, you seem much more excited and enthused about this one. Yeah. Like from my perspective, I'm like, I think this is your favorite. I I think it is. Based on how you've talked about it versus The Godfather. Yeah. I think it is. I do love The Godfather. I do. But I mean, number two is not too bad, right? There's no like childlike glee when you talk about that's the true there is when you're talking about the last of the mohicans that's true okay well then and, there we go and like i wasn't even part of the conversation like for godfather but i will say so like we've known each other for how many years and we've talked movies on how many countless nights yeah we've talked about mohicans plenty of times before i honestly don't know if i've ever remember having a conversation with you where you were like let's talk about the godfather <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, fine. Last of the Mohicans wins, I guess. You heard it here <sighs> first, folks. Last of the Mohicans, better movie than The Godfather. That's if you don't right. like it, take it up with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But yeah, seriously, though, what do you guys think? I mean, am I wrong? Is this just a childhood crush, uh, weird nostalgia-based infatuation with a movie that really isn't that great? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all have our guilty pleasure movies. I mean, not every movie that somebody makes is going to be filled with Oscar winners or, you know, just these highly decorated movies. I mean, as much as, you know, everyone shits on this movie, I still like Sucker Punch. 
Sure. Well, I mean, Sucker Punch has its ups and downs. That, I guess. that was a cool movie. I liked that. Yeah. yeah. It it got horrible reviews. Yeah, that girl, just got that girl is so hot though, and she's in that little skirt the whole time. That may be why I liked it so much. It's I mean, also just it's a pretty cool movie in the sound. I love the soundtrack in that. Oh yeah, it's that, uh, Silver Sun Pickups. I think right? I love Silver Sun Pickups. Oh my gosh, I I will say this too, as far as crushes go, uh, young Micah Henderson, little little Micah, had a big crush on the younger sister in this movie. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Would it change your mind knowing that she was, like, 15 when this movie came out? Well, I mean, I was <laughs> I was probably around that age when I was watching it. So I'm not saying I got a crush on her now. But even if I did, she still looks pretty good in The Witcher. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. So yeah. her age is actually a huge point of contention for why this film came out the way that it did. Oh, yeah? Yes, because, so she was 15 or 16 when it got filmed, yeah. and only like 17 when it came out. There was supposed to be a bigger story between her and Uncas oh, really? in the film, like to the point where they wanted like a full-on love story with them to coincide with Nathaniel and Cora. Hmm. But because of her age, her mom was on set the entire time. And basically, anytime they're like, all right, we're going to do this with Alice and Uncas, her mom was like, nope, nope. <laughs> nope done off nope (laughs) wow that's wild like the rare story of a parent of a child actor being like not a scumbag (laughs) because it's like i'm sure those stories exist oh yeah but you never hear about them yeah (laughs) you only ever hear the stories where it's like they took all my money and left me a broke crack attic on the streets <laughs> the drew barrymore's and the macaulay culkins <laughs> right. but yeah i guess like in like an interview like years later jody may even said like most of what i filmed for this movie is not in it it ended up on the cutting room floor because of that huh that's interesting i knew that a lot of her parts were taken out i didn't know that that was the reason why that's pretty cool uh west study the guy who played magua mm-hmm. so i was watching a little recap he was talking about his um his greatest films. Last of the Mohicans was in them. And he said that when he got on the set, he got along with, he's like, I got along with Daniel Day-Lewis fine and all. We chatted. We had a good communication or a good conversation. He goes, and then I asked for his autograph. (laughs) (laughs) And and Daniel Day-Lewis said that he would give me his autograph. And I said, no, no, no. I want a stamp of your left foot. And then he just pauses and he goes, and I got it. <laughs> so, so evidently, Daniel Day Lewis like inked up his his foot and like stepped on a piece of paper or something to autograph it for him, like a baby, like when a baby <laughs> on a birth certificate. I really hope that somewhere in Wes Study's house, he just has that framed yeah, with, how with could no you context, <laughs> no context at all, like not like a plaque that says this is Daniel Day Lewis's left foot. I hope Daniel Day Lewis has it, and it's just some more. It says the weirdest day of my life under because <laughs> because he would have it, okay. So if I were him, if I were Wes Study, the guy who played Magua, and I did have a framed uh, footprint of Daniel Day Lewis. I wouldn't put a plaque or anything on there. And then when people ask me about it, I would say that is the footprint of Daniel Day Lewis in Magua's cadence and tone and voice. 100%. That's how I would and respond. And people are like, "Why do you have that? Don't worry about it." Don't worry. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay, that's fine. Last of the Mohicans, it wins out. I think you guys have have This uh, was a surprising victory. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you guys have have helped me 
clarify something that I have had an internal struggle with <laughs> for years. Years, my friends. So, that being said, why don't you let us know what you think is better? Have you seen both of them? If you haven't, you should, because they're both classics, regardless of what people say. Uh, and then let us know. Am I wrong? Is Bolton wrong? Is Thor wrong? I have a feeling the masses are just going to be like, what are you, crazy? Godfather's obviously better. Yeah, I'm sure it's a hot take. Um, but with that being said... Hot take, Henderson. Hot take, Henderson. I like that. <laughs> uh, with that being said, Thor, what are we getting into next week? Alrighty, so I believe it may have been a week or two ago. I'm not sure. But we had a conversation where you were like, I need some more hip-hop. So... Not enough hip-hop in my life. I got some hip-hop for it. And it's a band you have listened to. All right. Because we, we had discussed this before. The Gym Class Heroes. Oh, yeah. And after we discussed it, I realized you would listen to their second album. Yeah. Is that is that cool as... Cruel as school children. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's so, a tongue twister. And that obviously has the big hit on it, Cupid's Chokehold. Mm-hmm. You go look at my girlfriend, that whole oh, thing. Oh, that, that was their second one? I never knew that. That is their second album. It was actually on their first album and got re-released because that oh. song started picking up steam yeah. and then got re-released on the second album. And then it also had uh, Close Off or uh, Viva La White Girls. With uh, Fall Out Boy, the yes. singer. Yep. And that album kind of notes like a marked difference because prior to that, all their music was just a drum, uh, was drums, a guitar, and a bass, and him rapping. And it was honestly closer to like almost like uh, indie, like indie music. Okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar with their first like, album. Kind of like all. indie and some kind of like mixture of like indie and funk and like him rapping over it. Okay. Um, Did you say Indian funk? No, indie and funk. Oh, okay. So like, kind of like funk indie, cool kind of like indie rock and funk mixed together with like a hip hop. It's very unique. And it's a lot darker than their stuff because like once the second album hit and they started picking up steam and becoming mm-hmm. popular, they started adding synthesizers and doing sampling and drum machines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, their first album gotcha. that we're going to be listening to is the Paper Cut Chronicles, and it is markedly different from any of the other music you've heard of them. It's much darker. I, I think you're going to like it. Of all okay. my music recommendations, I think this one, I think you're going to like the best. Yeah, the music recommendations from Thor have, uh, they've been they've been hit or miss. Mostly miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I didn't expect them yeah. to hit. No, but but they have, they have facilitated good conversation. And that's the whole, they've, and they've opened my eyes on things. Yeah. So next week. Gym Class Heroes. The Paper Cut Chronicles. Bolton, have you listened to this album? I have not. I, my honestly, my familiarity with Jim Class Heroes goes no further than Cupid's. Yeah. Old. So that album, which so. is a shame because they're fucking incredible, and I know that song got was popular and was like the hit for them. I think it's just not a fair representation of how goddamn talented they are and the cool ass music they make. All right. Well. Next week, we're getting into the Paper Cut Chronicles, uh, the first album by Gym Class Heroes. So, folks, go listen to that. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or Spotify or anywhere else that you probably listen to music. And then come back and join us next week. We're going to talk about it. And, um, yeah, we'll move on from there. Bolton, 
thank you so much for joining us for this show. Yep, thanks for having me. It's always yeah, a pleasure. It was great. You're a perfect person for when we do movies. You're going to have to come by every time we do a movie now. Because... Oh, darn. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Zach's going to be joining us on a future episode in a week or two. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. Truly, it was awesome. Yeah, I, loved, I loved your insights and, like, your random little facts. They're very cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, well, until next time, folks. As always, you get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Good night, everybody. Eat the hearts of the white man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>